Well, good morning. Welcome back to the Broadcast Retirement Network. I'm Jeff Snyder. This is BRNAM for Wednesday, February 22nd, 2023. And our top story today, movie theaters make a comeback. And joining me now to discuss this and a lot more, Colette Bennett is with The Street. Colette, great to see you. Thanks so much for joining us on the program this morning. Thanks for having me on again. So normally we talk about gaming and, and aspects of gaming. Today, we're gonna to do something a little bit different. We're gonna talk about the comeback of the movie theater. And, and look, movie theaters like AMC and others really took a big hit during the pandemic. But it seems like with some of these recent releases, Marvel being the most recent, they've made a considerable comeback. For sure. Um, I think that right now, and just to give some background to the folks watching that might not know, AMC's um, CEO talked about a big victory that they had over the release of the uh, new comic book movie, Ant-Man. Um, basically what they did, which I think was a really clever move from a marketing perspective, is they um, they <clears throat> made a, a, a popcorn bucket out of the um, the main character's like helmet. And when you opened it, all the popcorn was inside. It was $29.99 and it was really fun. It was like the kind of thing that you don't see at the movies often these days. And he said that they made an enormous amount of money. I think he said $600,000 in one day from sales of this fun thing. And I think I think that this kind of merch tie-in really appeals to a lot of folks, especially folks in the comic book and gaming communities, because we are kind of known for loving fun merch. Like it's just kind of a thing in, in these fandoms. And um, so I think it obviously appealed to a lot of folks like me. It appealed to a lot of kids and families, of course, who were like, oh my God, cool. Um, but so uh, the CEO said, we'll be seeing more tie-ins like that in the future. And I mean, yeah, no kidding, because if you could rake in that much extra money you know, from something, you know, I don't want to say simple, but I mean, you know, like that's something that I think a lot of folks that enjoy collectibles would probably really, really enjoy to see more of me included. And I feel like that would actually get me in the theater versus sitting on my couch and watching another, you know, Netflix movie, which is very convenient. But I, I'm a person who's always loved to go to the movies, but I know that's not the case for everybody. A lot of people would just prefer to watch at home. You know. Well, I, and I think you make a good case, but we're social creatures by, um, by uh, you know, naturally social creatures. And it seems like, you know, I think we learned a lot during the pandemic where the streaming platform, um, which has arguably taken off, and that's a whole nother conversation, really put the theaters um, kind of in the corner. And they had, they had a lot, some of them even had to declare bankruptcy. But sure. could this, could this collectible, and I don't want to put it in the same vein as like an NFT, but could this collectible genre apply to any type of movie? For example, I know we have Indy 5 coming out, but forgetting the adventure th series, could uh, the remake of Gone with the Wind, could there be a collectible where you get Scarlett O'Hara's head or something and it's popping? <laughs> That's funny. Um, I mean, yeah, I think it's possible. <laughs> I think it depends on on the, the folks that are going to the movies and the movie and the kind of people. Um, but I do think that that's one possible advantage that movies could do for fun. Because I do think that 
uh, theaters like AMC are definitely seeing, you know, the folks that were like, well, we're we got tired of watching movies at home for two years. We want to go to the theater. And so while the theaters aren't necessarily packed, I think that things like this are something that streaming, you know, they, it can offer. And it's a family experience in this case too. So, you know, if you went to the, you know, the theater to see Ant-Man with your kids and they were so excited because they got to take something home, I think that brings kind of, it kind of reminds people of the magic of the movies. And I mean, I know that sounds a bit odd, but you know, I still think the movies are magic. And I think it's just a little something that reminds people that it is worth getting up and getting in the car and going to the theater. So I think it's very smart. I'm very interested to see what AMC, AMC excuse me, will do um, with things like this, with tie-ins from here on out. I think it could be really lucrative for their business. Uh, one more question I wanted to ask you, another area that, that um... And I heard an actress, I can't remember, but look, they all, I don't know who the, all the actresses are today, but someone panned that you could buy tickets for like the middle of the, of the theater. And so when I was a kid, my mom used to take us to see the original Indiana Jones, which by mm -hmm. the, back then was called Raiders of the Lost Ark. You just got there early, you grabbed your raisin and some popcorn and you sat down. Now you've got reservations. And, and this actress, who I think was more mature, panned that. Um, is it is it these types of things like okay you get a middle seat in the middle of the of the aisle is that what these theaters are going to have to do to do to make money it's a really good question and i i don't know the answer yet um i think honestly that that's not a great move for them because I, I think that, you know, the movies, like I said, have gotten some advantages with, you know, people really wanting to get out of the house and come back to theaters and have outdoor, you know, social experiences. But on the other hand, it's like, you know, you could spend, you know, I don't know, whatever, like even for just yourself, you could spend, you know, 30 or $40 to get your ticket, go to the theater, spend the gas, buy your ridiculously overpriced popcorn and sit down. So it's like, I feel, I still feel from the financial point of view and in a time where like, you know, people are more worried about finances, they don't have the advantage. So to be like, hey, you have to do all that. And then also you have to pay a fee to sit somewhere that you've sat free for 20, 30, 40 years, depending on how long you've been alive. I think that that's probably a really bad move on their part. I mean, it it kind of um, kind of waits to be seen. I do think that one thing that is a possibility for theaters is to do kind of like a VIP program, which some folks have done. But what it means is that by paying like a small monthly subscription fee or whatnot, you always are like res you have reserved seating in like the plushest seats in the theater. Like you basically get a VIP experience. I think a lot of people enjoy the kind of, it makes them feel special. So that's a possibility, but you know, making me pay twice as much or, you know, a quarter as much or whatnot to sit in the seats that I've always sat in. I, yeah, I don't think that's a great business move personally. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's a tough, a tough mood. It used to be Colette when I was a kid that a 3d movie is great. And they used to hand you the 3d graph gra uh, glasses. Yeah. And of course I'm referring to to shows like Jaws uh, 3 and 3D, which is absolutely horrible. Dennis Quaid, Bess Armstrong, uh, uh, what's his name? Uh, Gossett Jr. Oh, geez, from Officer and Gentleman. But uh, in any event, I, I don't think that was that was good either. Uh, in any event, we come back. We're going to talk. I didn't take a quick break, of course. When we come back. We're going we're gonna to talk about the shift for social media platforms to paid subscriberships. Really interesting. You're going to want to stay tuned right here on BRN AM. Imagine 
a new television network that will make you richer, healthier, and in control of your financial future. This network is for the policewoman in Nashville, Tennessee, the baker in Dubuque, Iowa, the teacher in Lexington, Kentucky. We want to make the idea of savings and retirement culturally relevant. But what do you see as a defining issue of the midterms? Especially for the smaller businesses, I mean, they are the lifeblood of the American economy. Featuring exclusive interviews, current affairs, and docu-series. 33 yeah. years old, you retired early. The philosophy is money only matters if it helps you live a life that you love. But you gotta start thinking about retirement as soon as you get in. The Broadcast Retirement Network will drive very high engagement with premium partnerships. So this isn't retirement and savings for your parents or grandparents. This is for all Americans. And we're gonna change the way you think about money. Welcome to the next frontier of retirement and savings. This is BRN, the Broadcast Retirement Network. Are you stuck with a low credit score? A credit report and score that's causing you to be denied credit or pay higher interest rates than others for the same things? Then do what Terrence did and call Credit Repaired for your free credit evaluation to help restore your credit. I started thinking about buying a new house and my score wasn't where I needed it to be. I called and spoke with one of the representatives and we just had a good conversation and I, I liked what he was saying. Just one call for his free credit evaluation was all it took to start back on the track to repairing his credit. I'm seeing the deletions and I'm getting the report so I know something's being done. It does make a difference to me. All it takes is one call to get started. Credit repair has given me a second chance to have a better credit score. Don't let a low credit score hold you back another day. Do what Terrence did and make the call for your free credit evaluation. Call 800-819-4152. That's 800-819-4152. Again, 800-819-4152. Welcome back. We're joined this morning by Colette Bennett of The Street. Well, Colette, thanks so much for staying with us this morning. Really appreciate you hanging around for segment number two. Happy to be here as always. Yeah, and, and just to correct myself, I, I couldn't remember the actor's name. It was Louis Gossett Jr. I, I love Louis Gossett Jr. I just don't think Jaws 3 and 3D was his best work. All right, let's shift gears. And I think this one's interesting. Again, we're not talking about uh, gaming, but social platforms. We just heard. Well, we know that when Elon Musk took over Twitter, he was revisiting, I think, the blue check mark and charging subscribers that. Now we have word from uh, Meta. I keep on wanting to call them Feta, by the way, like the cheese, <laughs> but it's really, yeah, Feta. It's but a matchup it, of Meta. and Meta in your brain. Yeah, yeah, I had, that's true. So Meta is now going to charge. And, and I wonder, is ad revenue drying up to the point where these platforms now are going to say, okay, you want premium services? You're going to have to pay seven ninety nine and eight ninety nine or fourteen ninety nine. Is that is that the model? Well, it's a complex question. I mean, you know, 
the news has has prolifically reported that you know Elon Musk's behavior since buying Twitter in October of last year has been you know erratic to put it really nicely. Um, a lot of um, advertisers have probably fled the platform. The last stat I saw was you know fifty percent. So my guess is you know they definitely need to make up gains. But then to move over to Meta and and this model, um, you know. I do think that they're kind of copying from Musk in that way. Um, but I think also, you know, Meta has big concerns. And this is something we've talked about here before. They are literally hemorrhaging money in the virtual reality division. You know, the metaverse stuff is something that Mark Zuckerberg has just been so outspoken about that, um, you know, I feel like it would really, he's trying to save face, I think, by keeping it going. And I do think that what they have going in terms of VR is probably the most it's probably the most success anyone has had with commercial adoption of a product like that. But I just think that he put, he went all in and it's kind of, yeah. I mean, their, their financial reports, you know, I think tell the story. So I think, you know, they're having to think about other ways to potentially make money and for, you know, something that was for many, many years, just like, you know, a little symbol of pride, like, Oh, you know, your account's very popular. Oh, you're, you know, uh, you know, an official member of the media or whatever, you would have these check marks. And now they're going, wait, we can make people pay for these. Um, so, you know, I personally don't love it, but I'll, I'll be honest, just from my point of view, I've been verified, quote unquote, on those platforms for a long time. And if my checks go away, I'm not paying for them. I don't care enough about that kind of internet status. Some people might, but I don't. Um, also, you can like hover over tweets and like if someone has paid for the status, you can tell. So it's like, you know, it, they're, they're basically just trying to shake it up and figure out a way to squeeze money out of it. I don't know if it's going to be successful or not, but, you know, I guess, hey, they have to give it a try at this point to see other ways to, you know, make up for losses. Yeah, I think I think you're right. I mean, I think there's a lot of I don't know, I want to say distrust, but I think that if someone can just go out and buy this blue check mark or whatever Meta is offering, it's I mean, valuable. Any, anybody, I was like, I, you know, I'm not, I'm certainly not, I, I consider myself, by the way, the anti influencer. So I'm not an influencer by any, any stress, stretch of the imagination. But if anyone can buy that, can you, and you, and you look at the SmackDown that I think um, a basketball player just had for promoting cryptocurrency, I think they were, the SEC fined that person $1.4 million for promoting Paul, Paul Prince. Is that his name? Maybe I saw it briefly this morning, but I didn't stop. But, name. but my point is, it, you know, what does that mean for the consumer of the information? And do you, does that just undercut what social media was, which was, Hey, I'm just going to share what my, you know, in 140 characters or 240 characters, what I think. And that's it. So I, I, I think it really undercuts my personal opinion, not being an expert like you, it personally undercuts their their objective. Yeah, no, I definitely think it does too, but I think they're probably leaning into, you know, we've seen so much of the subscription model. Really, I mean, I think, you know, Netflix was such a key driver in, you know, making that, um, you know, not, not just for streaming for many things, but I feel like, you know, Netflix was such a key driver of that culture and now we're seeing that everywhere. And I'm, you know, opening my phone and, you know, seeing an app and then, you know, you log into the app, you get the app, you log into it and they're like, this will be $29.99 a month. And you're like, what? <laughs> but the funny thing about it is, is that I think a lot of places are realizing they have things that they should have monetized from the beginning. Um, you know, if the check marks had been monetized 10 years ago, 
I don't think people would really question it. I think it would make more sense, but because it's been the same way for so long, I think it's kind of the same thing you hit when you go to websites and, you know, um, they're subscription gated now where you have to pay a, you know, a certain amount of money to read the New York times, or it probably always should have been that way, but you know, people weren't thinking about that when the digital economy was building up. So, yeah, well, I mean, and it's always hard to, it's always, you know, hindsight's always 2020 and it's really, really hard to go, to go back. But, but I wonder what this means for social media, the news media that you just brought up, like the New York times, or even the Smyrna, Georgia daily record, whatever it's called, uh, you know, local journalists are the ones I, I think the most about, um, but also streaming services. I mean, we've seen Netflix and others come up with ad supported subscriptions. So you're not paying sure. as much. And I got to tell you, if I know that there's an ad, as long as there's one or two ads, that's fine. If there's like five in succession, I'm getting up to uh, grab some popcorn or some raisinets. Well, I think, and I, you know, this is just one person's opinion, but I think that they are hoping that folks that are like, I can't afford Netflix, I can't afford fill in the blank streaming service or, you know, Hulu, whatever, they want to offer an option to get that consumer, you know, into their subscriptions. And while you or I are like, hell no, I'm not doing that. I've been watching without ads forever. A lot of folks who, to be frank, can't afford that privilege, they might tap into that. I, I, I've heard some buzz that Netflix has actually seen a good response with the ad supported tier. We won't really know until they do their next, you know, their next earnings call. But like for now, I think, you know, it, it's possible that it could be a good option. I think it's good that it's not the only option. I think that's where things would get dicey when it's either you watch with ads or, you know, Basically, I think a lot of things that are, are, we can expect a lot more things to be monetized that haven't been monetized in the past when it comes to things like, you know, perks, things we get for free or, you know, I, I think that'll be a really interesting space to watch in the next few years. Yeah, well, as we know, there is no free lunch and, and this content that's being created, whether it's on Netflix, whether it's being distributed through social, the stuff that we do here at BRN, it is, it, there's a cost, you, you, you know, people don't work for right. free. And, and there's a cost associated with it. And so if you want good entertaining content, good information, in some cases, you're going to have to pay for it. I just don't know if it's sustainable to have all these different social media platforms. I personally would not pay one cent uh, to access any of those platforms. I'll just continue doing what I'm doing. But hey, I, you know, maybe LinkedIn, because I think LinkedIn is a little bit more of a serious platform. But I guess we're going to have to see how this all falls out. Colette, always a pleasure chatting with you. Great to see you as always. And uh, thanks so much for joining us. We look forward to having you back on the program again very soon. Awesome. And that wraps up this episode of BRNAM. Have a topic of interest, someone you think we should talk to, drop us a line. And don't forget, for all the latest curated news in lifestyle, wellness, finance, tech, so much more, all in one place, check out today's edition of our daily newsletter, The Morning Pulse. Want to search our archives, check out our latest content, we'll visit our website and, of course, all of our streaming partners. We're back again tomorrow for another edition of BRN AM. Until then, I'm Jeff Snyder. Stay safe, keep on saving, and don't forget, roll with the changes. Now is your opportunity to co-create content around any topic on the first lifestyle and wellness network. Reach a global audience through our platform 
and co-own exclusive branded content. All of our programs are available on demand and also as audio-only podcasts, so you can take us on the go. Broadcast Retirement Network, available anytime, anywhere, and on any device. Tax audits, tax liens, wage garnishments. Every day we hear stories like this about good folks who are simply struggling to pay their bills. Each of them are living a frightening IRS tax nightmare, and they are afraid it will destroy their lives. I'm a divorced single mom, and my ex-husband left me and the kids with a lot of unpaid bills, including unpaid taxes. I was really starting to show my stress on my kids because the IRS had sent me a letter demanding a huge payment from me. I couldn't afford it. So then the IRS was threatening to garnish my wages. I'm already living paycheck to paycheck. That would have put me over the edge financially. It truly seemed hopeless, but then a friend at work told her to call the tax relief line. The people at the tax relief line, they told me about something called innocent spouse relief. They worked it out so that all of the taxes from my ex are not my problem. I don't know how that works and and I don't care. All I care about is that I don't owe the IRS a dime and they are not going to take my paycheck. Even if it seems hopeless, you should call the number on your screen right now. There is absolutely no cost for the call or the consultation. You are under no obligation. If you are worried that the IRS could garnish your wages, seize your assets, even take your home, call us right now. The Tax Relief Line is here to help you. Now you have a knowledgeable, professional team of tax experts that are ready to negotiate with the IRS and fight for you to save you money. The Tax Relief Line's professionals have successfully negotiated thousands of cases, reducing and sometimes even eliminating the tax debt for their clients. It's very easy to get started. Simply call the number on your screen right now. You don't have to live in fear anymore. The call and the consultation are free. 